Welcome, friends, to the Accidental Muralist podcast. This is episode 20. That feels kind of exciting. Um, I'm also thinking of it as season two because I've started this session of Heart School. And this is one, two, three, four, five, six, episode six, the sixth module of Heart School. Um, Quick review. Episode, or the first section was about agency there's a word a theme for each unit and i would say each month because they do change monthly but the months start with the podcast on the 23rd which made sense at one time now it's clunky but we started with agency back in august rituals was our word starting in september transitions that was kind of a big one in october Then we went to S, which was spaciousness, one of my favorite words recently. Creativity was last, the last word. And if you're playing along, each of these words, the first letter is spelling out a acronym. Um, Super mysterious. Your next clue is for today's episode, the letter is H. And our word is home, H-O-M-E, home. And so I've been just thinking and making some notes about why did I choose the word home to be a part of heart school? And I have so many thoughts about it, so I'm going to try to keep it um, sort of in a less is more type of theme. But I will say home and houses. <laughs> when most when I say home, I, I'm guessing that most of you pictured the house you live in or the apartment you live in or, or maybe the home you grew up in. Um, I think we link that word mostly to our physical dwelling place. And that physical dwelling place has been kind of an important thing for me. Um, from as far back, even before I can remember, because my mom tells me that when I was in kindergarten, the only thing I would ever paint were houses to the point where my kindergarten teacher was kind of worried and asked my mom, you know, is everything all right at home? She seems kind of fixated on painting houses and, um, you know, things were fine at home. But I, in thinking about it today, I was thinking, well, I wonder if there was some, um, I almost want to say like urgency or desperation involved in home because at that time when I was in kindergarten and all the years before that in my life leading up to that, we had been cycling in and out of our home foster children one after another. My dad said recently there were 30 different foster kids who lived with us and that was from before I was born. Um, but when my sisters were little, to when we moved um, and when I started first grade. So for the first five years of my life, we were housing many different girls, usually just a few, one or two or up to a handful at a time, who we were creating a home for. And so, you know, who knows, maybe my young forming brain was... Um, starting to question like this idea of home and who gets to have a home and who needs to borrow a home and I don't know 
Um, but if you are familiar with my artwork or have been following it for a while, you might have noticed that there was a time as a, an adult, like once I got back into painting, I'd say mostly in my 30s and 40s, um, houses were like everything I was painting had a house in it and it became such a, it kind of became my thing and some of the houses were how I would represent myself in self-portraits, like not even totally consciously, but there was there's a painting that hangs upstairs in our hallway that is a little house on a cliff. It looks very solitary, but peaceful, but very alone and somewhat precarious, but it's not too close to the edge of the cliff. It's kind of well back from the cliff, but there is a big cliff there and there's a steep drop and but there's a moon and it there's some water and it's it's a peaceful setting but very um kind of isolated and i painted that right in the year or two after i got divorced and then had a little bout with cancer and was kind of feeling at a time like the universe was dumping on me a little and that painting actually in its earlier phases had a lot of orange and lime green and was like aggressive and circles bearing down and it 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 transformed into something that has this very mellow vibe um but i think on some level i was sort of uh seeing myself as like this little alone body in the universe at peace but i guess kind of solitary is how i felt so anyway there have been many others that have been have felt like self-portraits but where i'm representing myself as a house my first blog i named dorothy's house because the when i was getting divorced and moved out of the home uh, where I lived with my family, my husband and kids, the house that I moved into, um, that's a long story and worthy of its own book, but um, the woman who had lived there for 30 years before me was named Dorothy and, and her spirit infused the whole house. So I was, even though I was very attached to that house and made it mine, um, I always refer to it as, Dor and still do, as Dorothy's house. Um, so houses, the physical structures have always been a pretty potent um, feature in my life. So that, you know, I could spend more time talking about that, but actually that's not what I want to talk about. That's the background maybe for what made home sort of jump into my mind when I saw the letter H coming up in our little acronym. But um, what I'd really like to focus on today is the aspects of home that are not our physical walls that shelter us. And I started thinking about this. I have talked here and written in other places about my morning rituals that I started in 2020, and I won't go into it, but it you know, I know I'm not the only one who does this, but I started a habit that has really shifted so many things in my life of getting up before the sun, spending time in candlelight and quiet 
um, reading and writing and reflection and then yoga and then meditation and then starting my day with the rest of it with breakfast and then doing whatever I do after that. And I noticed about six months ago that having that habit or ritual, I'm going to call it a ritual instead of a habit. Habit, I think, has a little bit less intention and thoughtfulness around it. It's just something we're used to doing and ritual maintains the intention. So I would say it's it's definitely a ritual. I have found that what I've created in that morning space, besides spaciousness, is a home. I feel like I have a place, it's sort of a, um, it's, it is a physical space because I'm doing this in my studio, but sometimes in the summer I'm outside. So it, it's, it doesn't, the, what makes it a home, I guess, for me in a different way is it doesn't need to be tied to a physical place. And also what makes it feel like a home is that when I am not at home, when I'm visiting one of my kids or my friend or I'm on the road somehow, I can now take this ritual with me and bring a sense of home and groundedness by starting my day that way. And it might be an abbreviated version and I don't do it the same as I do if I were in my physical, you know, where I live. But it's a way of creating this home-like start or feeling where I am at home with myself because I have this base or this groundedness to keep coming back to every morning. And so I've started to think of that um, the morning spaciousness time as another form of home. So I, I made a diagram of this because I started seeing it like, okay, so you have your physical building that you, where you live, most of us, many of us, home houselessness is a whole other issue these days becoming more extreme. But for those of us fortunate enough to have a house or a home, we've got that home structure. I've just now talked about a home within that of like within the body. Actually, I didn't mention the body, but I would say that home I was just describing has to do with being at home, feeling at home in my physical body, which I do through my yoga practice each morning, in my mental and kind of conscious body, if I want to say that, um, through meditation and my intellectual mind as part of my home. So I would say it's kind of contained within my, my person and, you know, the ways my person connects to the divine or the earth or other, other ways. So there's the physical house, there's the home that I've created within the outlines, I guess, of my my person. And then moving beyond the home, um, I was thinking of other ways we create home, which is connecting with community or with friends or with our, within our house. If we are in such a situation to live with other people, um, that might include the people we live with. I'm fortunate to have a partner who does feel like 
he is part of my sense of home. But it can also be where we spend our time and who we spend our time with and our connections to moving a little bit outside of our physical house into the neighborhood or the community where we're active. Um, So for me, I have, I'm making those connections through some volunteering that I'm doing and some teaching that I'm doing and through the flamenco that I've talked about a lot here where there's people who are have become part of my my life um, and when I see them that feels a little bit like home. I was volunteering on Monday for MLK Day and I was interviewed by somebody who was going to make a little video about the project and one of the questions he asked me was how what does community mean to you and it was kind of interesting to put that in words and I think I said something like um, as a person who's pretty introverted it can sometimes take me a little while to meet people or to get to know people I'm not going to immediately usually like you know make a big splash in the room that I walk into. But over time, when I become familiar to people and people become familiar to me, we recognize each other and we've spent time together and we kind of have this thing that we do together and where there's familiarity and there's sort of this comfort. And I think I use the word home where it sort of feels like home where you are known and you know other people there, that um, that to me is another aspect of home. And then the final one, moving kind of outward or inward or downward maybe, would be um, this other idea of being at home on the planet and being at home in nature. And this is an area that I've been actively working on and where my partner Mark has been kind of instrumental because I'm I grew up pretty much an indoors woman I like to be outside doing cartwheels on the grass but as a young adult when in nature and I'm using little air quotes um, there was something that felt a little performative what like I knew I was supposed to be saying oh this is so beautiful and I just feel so at peace out here, but it it was more like I knew that that was what I was supposed to say rather than actually like feeling that deep sense of connection with one exception, always being the ocean. The ocean is someplace where I, I have always felt a really deep connection. It kind of feels like my soul place, but you know, when you're hiking and there's a beautiful view and I don't know I just I think I was a little mindy about like okay this is the part where I'm supposed to sigh and say how beautiful it is and I just feel so good to be out here but it it was um, coming from this weird kind of strivey place where I, I want to be a nature lover more than like an actual authentic connection um, but one place where I feel like I excel in connecting with nature is is the place where I currently am, wherever that is. Like seeing the squirrels outside my window or noticing the flowers that are growing on my block or 
you know, watching the leaves change on the trees that I'm looking at right now from my studio window. And, and so I think when I view nature as someplace where you have to go to, there's a little bit of a disconnect for me, but the more that I can see myself as part of nature and nature is all around me and my house is kind of carved out of nature, then I can feel really connected to it. And I, I mentioned Mark earlier because he's, he's sort of a classic nature guy who feels most at home on a river and his form of camping and just being out there and his comfort level in places in natural wilderness places has really helped me develop a comfort level in wilderness places so i appreciate that very much and as i've been learning recently more about indigenous ways and wisdom it's kind of helped me this this concept of becoming indigenous to a place um, has become something really interesting to me like and i think actually what i was saying about the performative part i think there is something about our capitalist society that is and i've talked i've heard people um, talk about decolonizing your experience in nature and it took me a while to figure out what that even meant because that was the only experience I really had. But I think when going into nature, quote unquote, requires certain, the right clothing and the latest gear and all the, you know, cool boots and everything, there's something about it that is misdirected or at least for me that is not an authentic way that I want to that's not what I'm aiming for um, it's not like the extreme way of sort of showing that I can handle nature like this Wonder Woman person I'm looking for a comfort and understanding that any place on the earth in some sense is my home and there is a poem that I heard that I'm going to read to you. I don't have a specific person to attribute it to. Um, it is translated from the words of an indigenous elder. That's very generic, I know. Um, but I think it, uh, it means a lot. It's called Lost. And it goes like this. Stand still. The trees ahead and the bushes beside you are not lost. Wherever you are is called here, and you must treat it as a powerful stranger, must ask permission to know it and to be known by it. Listen, the forest breathes. It answers. I have made this place around you. If you leave it, you may come back again by simply saying, here. Listen deeply. No two trees are the same to the raven. No two branches the same to the wren. If what a tree or a bush does is lost on you, then you are truly lost. But even then, stand still. The forest knows where you are. Let it find you. And for me, that poem kind of shifts my whole perspective sort of on 
nature as not a place to go to, but a relationship that we already have that just takes a certain, a different lens than the sort of capitalist, colonialist, uh, extractive, dominating lens that many of us grew up in. And it's more of a sense of seeing nature or seeing ourselves at home because we were born on the earth and we're human. And so anywhere we are on the earth, that's still our home. And the idea of the forest knows where you are, let it find you, I just think is profound. So profound that I'm gonna have to spend a lot more time kind of letting that sink in. But so I wanted to talk about home also, and by now you can see that I'm not um, talking about how to decorate your home or how to remodel it so that it keeps up with the standards of all your neighbors. And because I see in different places that that is kind of an epidemic. Um, that's how it appears to me anyway, where, you know, all your everyone, you know, is remodeling their kitchen. So then pretty soon you're making plans to remodel your kitchen. And I'm not I'm not passing judgment if that's a place where you are, but I think that's a narrow definition of home and what the purpose of home is. And I think sort of in line, just to sort of make this a wide perspective on why I would include it, the topic of home in the context of art at all, or this heart school that we're in the middle of, I think it has to do with quieting down the noise that is all around us, tapping into what is really important versus what everybody out around you is saying is important or what all the advertisements are saying is important. And just being comfortable where you are and with who you are, wherever you are, because anywhere you go, if you're, if our definition of home is being grounded in our body, in our mind, and on this planet as a part of nature, then I think that gives us a more authentic place to begin in any endeavor we, we undertake, including the art that we make, whether it's on a canvas or whether it's in relationships or our speaking or our writing or music or anything we do. It's just another way that we can turn our life into an authentic work of art. That's one of the overarching themes of Heart School. I kind of wanted, I guess I could have named this sort of upside down art school because I, I want to do almost the opposite of my understanding of traditional art school. I never went to art school and I'm sure that there are modern and very thoughtful versions of art school, but I think one version out there of art school is you pay a lot of money to have quote unquote experts tell you what's wrong with what you're doing and to teach you the right techniques and how to how to make your work sell and you study all the great masters who are mostly dead white European men and you know there's this whole looking outside yourself to what the market wants what what everybody else says is good art and 
I like to turn that around and start by going inside and what is inside you that wants to come out? What is your innate gift or genius? And I say that believing that every one of us has that. It's not only the Einsteins of the world. What is your, I was going to say purpose. I do believe it's a purpose, but your angle, your lens, your, your unique way of interpreting the world that you are here to share. And anything we can do to ground into that and then let that flow through our lives, I think will make not only us healthier humans, the people around us, it shows a, an example and gives them permission to do the same. And the more that we are all doing this, the more people that can do that, the healthier our world will become. And there's one other aspect of home that I want to add. When I was listening through what I had recorded, I realized I left out something that's become important to me. Um, in the meditative space each morning, and I've mentioned this before, sometimes I am doing meditations that involve my ancestors. I was going to say conjuring. It's not really like conjuring my ancestors, but I would say welcoming them into that space. And for me, that has really expanded a different aspect of my sense of home because I have to say and you I don't know if you can relate to this but as a white person the term ancestors until very recently when I started doing this either would just kind of draw a complete blank or would conjure up some sort of uncomfortable um, feelings either partly because we're in this intense period of racial reckoning in this country and I know that there are um, some of my ancestors who were given land grants and you know which it, now we know is free land that was n not the government's to give that was stolen from indigenous people and was given to white people white settlers to farm but withheld and, and denied to black settlers and farmers. And, you know, it's just fraught with, with a lot of injustice. And so, and I also don't have a storehouse of personal stories handed down that would, could kind of complement that history. So when, and I do have some photographs of my ancestors going back a few generations and they, they look pretty stern and they're Protestant, you know, they're classic like Protestant, Lutherans, Northern European um, immigrants and they look like they're kind of all, all work and no fun. And, you know, this is a very small window I'm looking through as these photographs, but just in short, like thinking about ancestors was not a warm, fuzzy, supportive um thing for me. It was just sort of uh, a little bit cold and there wasn't a whole lot there. And that has changed not because I have blocked out all the injustice, but because when, and you know, forgive, bear with me if this all sounds really woo-woo to you, but maybe that's because you haven't 
tried it. Um, what happens when when we are in this shared space is that it becomes all about healing, all about love, and all about support. And I find that I can become a little bit more, it feels like I have a little more insight into the fuller, uh, like their, their person becomes rounded out a little bit more. I, I get a little bit more understanding either of the challenges they were up against and the restrictions and the, um, you know, what, what their lives might have been like. And really, they're there for the healing, and aren't we all? So I just wanted to add that including my ancestors and sort of becoming, I guess, familiar. I mean, they are my family, literally, but I didn't feel a familiarity. That has become a really important aspect of home for me over the past year that I didn't really have before. So in this in this sort of meandering episode today, we've talked about home as an internal, like within the confines of your body and mind and how you, how you feel grounded in yourself as one aspect of home. Um, there's the, your surroundings, the people who are around you, which I don't know, ancestors, I never really know where to locate them because they could be in any of these places or non-places but you know that could be an aspect of home where you come from and then there's the community involvement whatever that looks like for you and then there's the the earth that is your natural home and I think one of the important things that I'm learning from indigenous wisdom is that that requires there's permission there was permission in that poem that i read asking permission and reciprocity like if i want to be cared for by this earth home it requires care on my part in return so i hope this gave you some things to think about and um, i always welcome your feedback or questions or comments you can email me at Pam at allhandsart.com. Um, the best way to get these sent to your inboxes as well as my newsletters and other blog posts is to sign up for my email list, which you can do at allhandsart.com. And thank you for listening to the Accidental Muralist podcast. I will see you here next time.